welcome to another episode of The Shander Plan. This is episode 88, episode Garrett Selleck, where if you have been watching the 49ers for the last couple of seasons, you know that they were obsessed with this tight end. I am joined, as always, by Akash. Akash, man, how are you feeling? How are you doing right now? I'm feeling all right, man. Not the worst week to be quarantined at home. The NFL draft coming up. You know, I don't mind staying at home Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Just chilling, watching what the Niners and some other teams do. Seeing if Debo still ends up on the team after the draft. Not the worst week to, to be at home. Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel. That's all we hear, man. Everything is Debo Samuel related. So, excuse me, with that in mind, we're going to do a little factor fiction today. So we're, we're getting rumors every day, every hour, every minute, it seems like. And, and it's fluid. Everything's changing. One day. Debo is going to be a 49er. The next day, Debo is, he's gone. He's off the roster. Um, an hour later, it'll come off as, you know, they've mended their relationship. Everything's smooth now. And that'll be followed up 30 minutes later with, well, we lied. And you know, who knows what's going to happen. It feels like everybody's guessing. It feels like some people are out of the loop and they're kind of adding their own bit to the story. So we don't know what to expect. So let's, let's um, start with the big one. So, Pro Football Network's Tony Pauline it was late last night, so late Tuesday night. He reported that he expects the 49ers, or Debo Samuel, to be a Jet. And he basically said, he said it's very likely that it'll be a Jet. He kind of hedged at the end saying, you know, I don't know exactly the time frame. But he was talking like they're going to make a godfather type of offer for Debo. So we're talking 10, 35. 38 or 39, I forget exactly what pick uh, they have. 38. And probably more picks than that. And 22-year-old Elijah Mitchell, who is... Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Elijah Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) Elijah Moore, who is a very good receiver, who would probably be a great fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Fact or fiction, the Jets will offer the 49ers a godfather type of deal. I went back and forth on this. I'm thinking fiction, because if you're the New York Jets, of course you'd want Debo Samuel. The staff has familiarity, Robert Sala, Michael Floor. It makes sense. They need playmakers. They've got a young quarterback. They're in just desperate need of like star power on their team. Uh, just a losing franchise that could use a dominant superstar like Debo Samuel on their team. But that being said, if you've got, what, four picks in the first 38 it feels like you just rather take four swings at rookies on cheap contracts and just see if you could get four starters instead of offering a godfather type deal. If you're the Jets, of course you'd like to acquire Debo Samuel, but I don't know if you'd offer 10, 35, 38, Elijah Moore, et cetera, for just one player who you then have to turn around and pay, you know, 25 million plus hand out 60, $65 million guaranteed. That's just, that's a tough sell, and I don't know if they'd offer that type of a deal, which is why ultimately I think a deal hasn't been done. Because if they were offering that, the 49ers probably would have taken it, and Debo Samuel was probably a jet. I was going to say, if the Niners are getting a godfather deal, and I feel like this is where a lot of people struggle, because we can acknowledge Debo was essentially the 49ers offense last year. He had over 1,700 yards, you know, both on the ground and through the air, and was a big reason why they made the playoffs offensively. With that said... All of those picks, a 22-year-old who you have under contract for three more seasons, you don't have to pay, and you can still build around a team 
Trey Lance on a rookie contract. So like you have all the money in the world, essentially, to do whatever you want to. That would be really tough to turn down. But again, who knows? I I don't think so. so I'm going to go fiction here. I think we both agree there. Okay, let's bounce around here. So Matt Mayoko. Everybody Our guy. knows who that is. Everybody knows who Matt is. He said, any team willing to make a big-time offer for the 49ers for Debo Samuel would have to know in advance whatever issues he has with San Francisco would not be problematic for their organization, too. That can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. To me, I took it as maybe there's just not enough time to work out a deal. And that's why... You know, Debo will be on the roster come Friday, come Saturday, come just post draft after the first round. How did you interpret it? And I guess, yeah, fact or fiction is the reason Debo will remain on the 49ers roster is due to, you know, the lack of time or maybe in Matt's words, because other teams are unsure of, you know, if he's just, you know, if whatever background, like if he's if he's going to treat the 49ers like this when it comes to contract, is he going to treat us like this? Which I would say, I would add in real quick, probably not because they're going to give him a lot of freaking money. Isn't it amazing that Mayoko tweets one thing and like 800 people have a completely different reaction on it. He just says, he just says something and it gets interpreted so many different ways. I actually interpreted different, interpreted it differently. I thought it was Mayoko saying, Hey, you know, Debo Samuel's problems are primarily with the 49ers. If there's something going on behind the scenes, whether it's the location, whether it's something personal with negotiations, it won't be there with the new team. If, if you trade for him, Debo Samuel's going to show up. Oh, He's going to be the same player that he was with the Niners in 2021. He's going to be that guy. So up your offer. This version of Debo, Debo Samuel that, you know, has whatever, that has turned social into social media Debo. Diva. Social media Debo, exactly. That's not the Debo that you're going to get. That's that's how I took it as, especially with basically 24 hours to go for the NFL draft. He's basically saying up your offer is what I thought it was going to be. So, again, the same tweet, we interpreted it completely right. different. And I'm ways. sure if you were to ask 10 other people, you get 10 more yeah. answers, which is the beauty of this. So, OK, so are you saying fact or are you saying fiction? What do you think here? I think fiction. I don't think timing is going to prevent this deal. I think if you're the Jets, if you're the Texans, if you're a team that basically has two first-round picks or just a lot of draft capital in general, and I think you're sniffing around on Debo Samuel, I think you're calling the 49ers and trying to make an offer between now and tomorrow. This isn't like Jimmy Garoppolo where you know Debo Samuel's injured or there's something else funky going on. right? You know that Debo Samuel publicly wants out. He made the trade request last week. Uh, privately, you've probably made calls to the 49ers to try to get a gauge of what his trade value is or what they expect in return. So I don't think there's, you know, timing uh, preventing a deal. The only thing is, say you're a team that drafts in the teens, maybe you want to wait to see who slides to you before making the trade. So maybe it's contingent on a certain player being available or a certain player not being available. I would say that's the only thing that's maybe preventing a deal, but I'd have to imagine the 49ers have had conversations with any serious suitor in a Debo Samuel trade. Yeah, I think what I'm fascinated is like, there has to be some type of dark horse because there's always a dark horse team um, whenever these trades go down. Like when we were talking about, uh, just look around, like before it came out that 
Tyreek was interested in or Tyreek was going to be traded, nobody would have predicted the Dolphins. For Devonta Adams, nobody would have thought the Raiders were going to make a move for him. So like, is there a dark horse team for the 49ers that, or that has a package to offer the 49ers that, you know, I don't want to call it a godfather offer, but would just be a trade. They'd offer a trade where there's no way that San Francisco would say no, like a team like the Texans or the Eagles or, you know, a team that we're not really talking about who probably wants a wide receiver. Giants, good one. Lions are another one. We're like a sneaky team, I feel like, where, you know, they need help. They need pass catchers. They need a playmaker. And, you know, we're not talking about them because the Jets are easy because, you know, they have the 49ers offensive coaching staff. They have Robert Sala. They have the picks. Um, they have the need. They We've seen – you know, reports from everybody saying that they have done their research on Debo. So um, I don't know, man. I There are so many moving parts to this and it will be, I feel like it'll be solved fairly soon, but at the same time, like, when, like how soon is soon? So leads us to our next one, Justin Anderson. And she used to be a VSPN and now she is with CBS. She said, opinion texted me from Lee's a league source on a top five NFL draft team, quote, Debo, Samuel, isn't getting traded, end quote. And of course, you know. That could be the Jets, by the way. Yeah. Jets have a top five pick. (laughs) Very well, good. Um, She said, you know, things can evolve. And Ian Rappaport said the same thing. He said he doesn't believe Debo's going to get traded, but all it takes is one phone call. Um, Like, is he going to get traded? I keep going back and forth. When I woke up this morning, I thought he was going to get traded just based off of, you know, Tony Pauline's report last night and what Matt Mayoko also said this morning, which that it's gotten personal between the 49ers and Debo Samuel's camp. And you can tell on John Lynch's face earlier this week on Monday, it's, it's wearing on him. And that's partially why Kyle Shanahan probably didn't show up. Right. He's probably stressed with all this going on behind the scenes. And, you know, Debo Samuel's made this pretty uncomfortable in the last few weeks. First from the public trade request with Jeff Darlington and just all the stuff that's gone on, all the reports and all the noise back and forth. And so the 49ers didn't particularly cause this, right? Debo Samuel went out and made the trade request for whatever reason that went on behind the scenes. And now it's just gotten more and more uncomfortable. And if you're going to get, you know, maximum return on Samuel, it's going to happen before Thursday. And so that's why, you know, the closer we get to this, I feel like he's going to get traded. And then you see some of these reports from the big J journos like Rappaport or Anderson, Justine Anderson, that say that, you know, he's not going to get traded. And so you just keep going back and forth. And I think the 49ers are just going to keep saying no, 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 until one team just offers quote unquote the godfather offer like the Jets or like the Texans. And eventually it's just going to be too good to pass up. So I think it's more of that. And I think, it's just a matter of does a team get desperate enough between now and Thursday to put together that offer for Debo Samuel. So Debo's not exactly helping the speculation himself. And every time he posts, it's it's like a cryptic tweet that nobody really knows what he's saying. So today, this morning, he said too real, wrong too, by the way, which I love. I respect that. Uh, <laughs> too real to entertain half the stuff y'all be saying. But it do be funny, though. Everybody want their voice to be heard about a situation they know nothing about and just saying whatever the next person say. And, of course, ends it with, have a blessed day, which, great job there, Debo. What is he saying? What What is he trying to get across here? Um, like that he's 
above responding to everything. Well, yeah, you're an athlete. You're probably not going to respond to every little, you know, critic or critique that goes on. So that's to be expected. So there, there's so much speculation surrounding Debo, but it, a lot of it is because of vague statements like that. Like we, we see something and then he posts something or he's this, he's that, he's out on the club and saying, you know, I'm not going to be with the Niners. So it's easy to come away with, you know, the, the type of reasonings that we have. What, what do you think Debo meant to get a point across when he tweeted that? I think the only thing he wanted to be public was the fact that he wanted out. Right. He called Jeff Darlington and said, I told the Niners I wanted out last week. That's the only thing both sides want to be publicly out, I think. And he's saying the rest is all speculation. Why I want to be traded, where I want to be traded, what I want to get paid, what position I want to play, you know, wide back, no wide back, etc. That's all speculation. All he wants everybody to know is that he wants out and that the Niners, you know, for whatever reason are, you know, considering trading him. And I think he also enjoys the attention, right? I don't blame him, right? If you're in this position, you love that everybody's talking about you. You're with the NFL draft, you know, a little over 24 hours away. The draft class isn't particularly good. So the main storyline heading into this week is Debo Samuel. Is Debo Samuel going to get traded? Is Debo Samuel going to get paid? Where's he going to go? And so I'm sure he enjoys all the attention on himself. And it's just easy, right, for him. He's on his phone, send out a tweet, boom. Now you got thousands of people talking about it. Everyone and their mom is, you know, uh, responding to him or quote tweeting it. And so it's just easy for him to stay in the news cycle with just something cryptic. And I'm sure at the end of the day, it probably doesn't bother him, but I'm sure he enjoys that everyone's just talking about him and the attention's on him. The map crow says he don't want to be here. See ya, faithful only. What does that mean? What do we know that Debo did wrong? Yeah, I mean, there's it can come off like he's being immature, but we don't know what the 49ers did. We don't know what the 49ers said to him. We don't know what the 49ers offered him. So to like blindly take the team's side, like that doesn't sit right with me. I That's not really my style because obviously they don't have all the facts, but like faithful only, what, what does that mean? Maybe you can interpret that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think if you're a fan, if you're like a diehard fan of the team, I get when a player turns on your team. I get if you're just like, God, I, you know, but then you flip on some highlights from week 18 and you see Debo Samuel in Los Angeles running for a touchdown, you know, catching touchdowns, throwing for a touchdown. And you're like, this player's pretty sweet. And uh, so I get, I get both sides. Clearly there's stuff that's gone on behind the scenes that no one really knows about outside of him and the 49ers and his agent and some folks really in the inner circle. So it's hard to blame one side or the other. It's hard to say what went wrong. We just, we just don't know. So you just hope it comes to – a resolution soon here because the longer it drags on, it's just, it's just the Jimmy situation 2.0, right? You're just like, God, another day of this. So hopefully he stays and hopefully that's the resolution, you know, it takes, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know what you want him to do other than like, for lack of a better word, shut up and dribble because he has every right to express how he's feeling. Um, he has, he's a human. He deserves to have emotion. And I don't think like he's done anything to portray the 49ers. Um, like if anything, of course, like it can be the exact opposite. But again, we don't know that. So we're, essentially we're just guessing. Um, Richard Sherman, to move on, was the next person to weigh in on the Debo situation. And he knows how the 49ers negotiate. And, you know, he 
essentially said 49ers have probably rubbed Debo the wrong way. So, I mean, that's probably a good segue. And, like, we know, everybody knows, like, Parag is just, like, a tough, tough negotiator. And Jimmy Ward said that a couple weeks ago, I believe. How much of this is just, you know, not getting the money he wanted right away? How much of this is, like, to me, you know, first time, and I've said this before, this is the first time he's going into a contract negotiation. He probably had no idea what to expect. Debo, coming off an all-pro season, off a 1,700-plus yard season, probably thought he was going to get the bag that he wanted. Ignoring all, you know, whether it's injury, whether it's the other players he's being compared to, knowing that, probably going to be like, hey, man, I'm going to get $50 million because of the season that I just had. Walks in, sees the number, like, oh, that's not what I was expecting at all. So how much of it is just, you know, and maybe butthurt's not the right way to put it, but just – you know, just disappointed in the number that he initially received. And from there, it's like they haven't been able to recover. I get it. I get both sides. I mean, let's look at the 49ers side first. If you're the 49ers coming into this offseason, you know Debo Samuel's a priority. You know that he's not like Nick Bosa. He doesn't have the fifth-year option. You want it, You want to get him extended this offseason. You know it's a priority. And you look at the last two summers, you extended George Kittle in July. You extended Fred Warner in July. You know that Debo Samuel in the same vein is just as important to your team. And you know that you have all offseason to get it done. There's no rush. You know, if he doesn't want to show up till training camp, that's all right. You know, that's kind of the soft deadline. And I'm sure that's how they viewed it. And like any negotiation from the team standpoint, because they hold leverage, you start low and you just kind of work your way up. And we know Parag generally starts out with a low ball first off. And we, just, we, just, we know how that works from the outside. And if you're Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel's agent, you know, you're probably just like, man, this is nowhere near what we wanted. And maybe you take it personally, but from the 49ers standpoint, they probably just expected Debo Samuel just to act similarly to George Kittle or Fred Warner and just kind of, you know, work on the negotiation through the summer, not take this publicly, not, you know, demand a trade or whatever. Right. Cause those two guys didn't, as much as they hated their initial offers, didn't do any of that. They showed up to OTAs. I think Kittle, it Kittle's year in 2020, it was virtual but he still showed up. Fred Warner showed up to OTAs. They both showed up at training camps. They both got new deals. And so the 49ers probably thought, okay, in the similar in the similar vein, Debo Samuel, team leader, positive guy, uh, et cetera, would kind of act in the same manner. And it just hasn't gone that way. Then from the Debo Samuel perspective, which I also get, he probably thought, man, I carried this team to the playoffs. The way I played the last back half of the season, you guys put me in the backfield. I had, what, 59 carries, I think, this last season did everything to get you to the NFC championship. I mean, show me the money, right? And that's just not how the 49ers operate, at least out of the gate. You know, there's a chance he would have gotten something closer to what he wanted in July, August. We've heard from Mayoko. We've heard from the others that they had, you know, budgeted 22 to $24 million for Debo Samuel annually. So there's a chance he could have gotten somewhere near what he wanted, but it wasn't going to happen in April, probably closer, you know, to July, August when the training camp opens. So, I, I get both sides. You know, if you're an employee in any industry and you get, you know, if you think that your employer is undervaluing you, you're like, damn, I want out. I mean, my boss, my management, they're not valuing me. I'm out. And as a 25 year old, 26 year old who's going through this for the first time, you, I get, I get both sides. So it's hard to blame either side, but I feel like that's just kind of how this thing has transpired. I, I just wish it hadn't gotten to this point as someone that loves watching Debo Samuel on the 49ers, but you know, you get it from both sides. It's complicated. 
very complicated and that's why we're here man just because there are so many different layers so many so many parts of the story that you know we have no idea so let's take a break from Debo let's turn the page here so Jonathan Jones he works for CBS but he's been plugged in and he used to write about the Panthers he brought up Jimmy Garoppolo so um, he wrote a piece this morning said the Carolina Panthers are keeping their options open at quarterback position and I could see this dragging in next week well after the conclusion of the 2022 NFL draft where a team ultimately ends up with 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo uh, he went on to say uh, the Panthers would love a trade down but so was just about everyone else in the top 15, uh, 12 to 15 of this year's draft. So failing to find a partner, Carolina can scoop the best available left tackle and let the draft conclude and the market settle, then trade for Garoppolo. And then he said, as we near the draft, the smoke coming out of Charlotte is the Panthers aren't interested in trading for Baker Mayfield. I don't get the impression that anyone in Charlotte is pressed to bring in Mayfield on right now. He was never getting traded before the draft. And I don't believe the Panthers view him as a personality fit in the locker room over Garoppolo. And he continued, now Mayfield is a cheaper and healthier option, but the Niners would have to eat some of Garoppolo's salary, which is something that we have discussed. And he said, like the Browns would have to do for Mayfield. And then finally he said, and the Panthers would be fine at the position until Garoppolo returns to health during training camp. So that is a big reason why, as you know, they have Sam Darnold and they would have a quarterback who could throw until Jimmy, whether it's the end of you know June, the beginning of July, or when when training camp comes around at the end of July. So, fact or fiction, does Jimmy Garoppolo end up in Carolina? Fact, I, I believe it. I think, I mean, if you just think through the process, you'd think, okay, Carolina head coach that's kind of on his last legs, owner that's desperate for wins, who just poured what two billion dollars into this franchise, new GM. They're just desperate to win. And would you really ride with Baker Mayfield, who's been causing just a ton of drama behind the scenes? It feels like the Browns front office coaching staff players didn't necessarily like him for whatever reason. Or would you trade for the guy that certainly has flaws in his game, but clearly everyone seems to like, whether it's coaches, players, teammates, etc. And, you know, they both had shoulder surgeries uh, this summer or this offseason. Uh, Garoppolo makes a little bit more, is a little older, but I personally in that situation would risk trading for Garoppolo than trading for Mayfield. And I think that's what Carolina ends up doing, especially if they get the 49ers to eat some salary for the 49ers. Okay. Like I get you, I get you can cut him or you can maybe eat whatever, somewhere between five and $10 million of salary, get back a couple mid round picks in 2023. Right. So you stock up, for the 2023 draft, which is supposed to be better than this year's draft. And you move Garoppolo and don't have to worry about this going into training camp. So I think all that just makes too much sense. I still feel like it's just coming down to, okay, do the Panthers get a quarterback in this draft early? Can they trade back into the teens and get a rookie quarterback? Or do they stay at six, take a left tackle, and then decide, okay, Garoppolo is our guy, and then they make that move kind of after the draft. So I think that's how it goes down. I wonder what they would get for Jimmy if they waited till after the draft. And by that, I mean, are we talking a future second, a future third? Because, I mean, based on every report that's coming out, they're, they're just not going to get much value. But if it's a future Carolina pick and Carolina, just based on like win totals and expectations, they're probably going to be a, a bottom five team. So the 49ers would be looking at a high draft pick, assuming that the Carolina that Carolina doesn't exceed their expectations next year. So, like, would, would it be something 
lower than next year's comp pick, which is what the 49ers would get if they held on to Jimmy, you know, after he signs contract or whatever afterward, after next season. But I, I'm fascinated by the value. I'm fascinated by what Carolina would be willing to give up, knowing that they have invested so much into the quarterback position. And by that, I mean, like they failed at every turn. So Jimmy's essentially their last swing for the coaching staff. And with that said, by eating some of Jimmy's salary, you would think the 49ers would be able to, you know, maybe that turn that fourth into a third or whatever it may be. So, yeah. You're essentially buying a pick, right? Because you you could let him walk, get a comp third. But if Carolina gives you a second, then essentially you're buying that with five or $10 million or whatever it is. I mean, as John said, they're willing to foot the bill. So, right. I do. I mean, I I would pay for a pick 100%. I would. Knowing that you get the money off your books and it's we're talking about Carolina Carolina is not going to be good next year like you look right. at their roster so and if, the question you, stop you turn the team over to Trey Lance it just makes sense if Carolina yeah, wants it the the expectation would change for sure and I think I don't it probably wouldn't be a sigh of relief but handing the keys over to Trey Lance without him having to look over his shoulder in his first year and like everybody knows he's he was probably going to be the starter anyway now you don't have to worry about that. Now you don't have to worry about, hey, if Trey throws interception, if Trey doesn't perform up to par right away out of the gate, which 21-year-old quarterback, probably not going to do anyway. You don't have to worry about, oh, should Jimmy come in? Did they make the, did they make a mistake? So you can just let him learn, learn on the flies what, what rookies need to do. So, uh, yeah, just fascinating to think about there. All right, that's that's all the, the tweets that I had. Did we, did we miss anything? No, let's talk about the potential of <laughs> – back to Debo. The, the potential of him waiting. So – it seems like he wants his money right now and we can understand why, you know, we can, we can speculate why I guess is a better way to put it. But when I say that, so AJ Brown is going to get money this off season. DK Metcalf is going to get paid as well. Debo should probably understand the longer he waits, the more he's going to get paid. If AJ Brown gets a deal in May and that's followed up by DK Metcalf getting a deal in May, they all have the same agent. Debo's not going to get less than those guys. So at the bare minimum, he's going to be in the ballpark and he's only going to help himself. So you would think he would want to be patient. Like he's cool with letting the market essentially name his price for him and he'd be able to come away with a better contract because the 49ers, in good faith, they wouldn't be able to present a deal like, hey, we're paying you. Let's say, let's throw out a number. We're going to give you 45 million guaranteed. Well, how can you do that when so-and-so just got... 55 or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I, I feel like patience would pay off and go a long way for Debo here, but he doesn't seem very interested in that. That's why it seems backwards because if you're Debo Samuel, you're willing to be patient, right? If you truly want to be here, you just kind of wait out the summer. They've clearly shown a history of paying their guys. They've paid Armstead, they've paid Kittle, they've paid Warner, they've paid Juszczyk. They paid Trent Williams. The only player that they traded was DeForest Buckner, and we all kind of understand why. And so if you're Debo Samuel and you truly believe you're this valuable to this team and you have this relationship with Kyle and John, whatever, just kind of wait it out, and they're going to give you their money. And just like you said, you're likely going to get more than A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf in that case. So, you know, if you're the 49ers, you're probably in a rush to try to get him signed before the other two guys because, in theory, you get him signed for less than the other two guys. So it seems a little backwards that Debo's in a rush to get his cash. And it makes you wonder why, right? Because if the worry is, okay, he doesn't want to step on the field without a new contract, well, technically you don't step on the field till training camp. I mean, you could no-show OTAs, you could no-show minicamp. It's okay. 
Right. It's just training camp, which is what mid to late July. And the 49ers have shown that they can get a deal done before then. So I don't know what the rush is between now and late July to get a deal. Other than the fact that, okay, you feel so slighted by whatever they offer that you're just ready to leave, which I get, but usually those feelings will subside as time goes on and the offers get increased, right? You know, if you're that hurt, then the Niners come back and say, okay, we'll offer you this, we'll offer you this, we'll offer you this. And eventually if it's money is the only issue, then if if the offer goes up, you'll start to feel better. But if you're still upset, then it's got to be something else beyond just the money. Which is what we keep coming back to. Yeah, and just thinking about like the history in general, when do we see this is around this time of year is when we see like fifth year options being picked up. You don't see like max extensions, like Cam Robinson just got extended, but they picked up his fifth year option first. Debo's completely like that's not the same situation. So I that's not really comparing apples to apples. It's just the whole everything about this seems all like there's it's not a normal situation, which is why we keep seeing like all these reports. Where did it go wrong? What happened? So it, that's why I think we all keep coming back to um, it was personal. But I think that'll go ahead. I was going to say the other thing is, right, the 49ers can structure the Debo Samuel deal differently depending on if Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team or not. And they don't know that yet, right? We expect them to trade or release or whatever and just build the team that way, but you just don't know. And say Jimmy Garoppolo isn't on the team. Now you have $26 million that gets freed up. And maybe you front load Debo Samuel's deal, which actually favors the player, not the team. Right. But maybe if Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team, then you got to backload that deal. Right. The structure of the contract changes depending on Garoppolo, which is just kind of an unknown. So there's kind of this waiting game that needs to be played. So I get it from both sides. It's complicated, but I just don't get where the rush to get paid before the draft is. Cause like you said, AJ Brown hasn't been paid. He hasn't made a stink about it. DK Metcalf, hell, DK Metcalf showed for, you know, OTAs or workouts or whatever they're called in Seattle. He hasn't made a stink about getting paid. And all those guys are in the same boat. They've all accomplished similar things. They've all been really, really productive for their respective teams. Yet Debo Samuel is the only one that's a publicly requested trade and is constantly being talked about when they're all repped by the same guy and they're all due, you know, uh, to get paid this offseason, all were drafted in the same area, all have made the same amount of money. So that's where that's where you start to think like, man, either the, the 49ers have just really bungled this or Debo Samuel has some other problem with the 49ers that we just don't know about. Joe Beltran says you waste money on a QB like Jimmy G and you can't pay a man that has produced the last three years. It it always comes full circle to the quarterback, man. And as long as he's on the roster, no matter what John Lynch says, I know he he told us that they plan on spending the amount of money they did, but you can't say, you can't look at me and tell me that with a straight face that they would have got, they wouldn't have been able to accomplish more or they wouldn't be able to give the offer of Debo more upfront, you know, without that 25, $26 million on the book. So we'll see maybe what if Jimmy is on the Panthers next year and all of a sudden, you know, things are better with Debo and now he does have a contract. He's happy with where he's at. So We'll see. A lot can change from right now, Wednesday, 12, 19 p.m., 24 hours from now, or 16 hours from now, or a week from now. So we'll see. Right now, do you think Debo Samuel gets traded before the draft? Gut feeling, what do you think? No. I, I I think there are a lot of moving parts. 
Um, I think that when you just watching this team play, there's no way that you can move Debo Samuel based on what he did for the offense and how often he bailed them out of bad situations. There were so many instances last year where the offense looked dead in the water. They gave Debo the ball and he made something happen and not just like made something happen, like 12, 15 yard gains. I'm talking like Bengals, Titans, like down the stretch. Yeah. Down the stretch. He did everything for them. And Kyle Shannon is not going to forget that. And I think they hold on to him for dear life. Of course, unless like one of these teams that we're talking about comes in and says, hey, we're going to give you everything that we have. We are going to push everything into the middle and bet it all on Debo. And in that scenario, you have to take that deal. But I don't think a deal like that is going to come just because we're so close to the draft. I could be wrong. And if I am, we're going to talk about all the the top prospects, which is not something we anticipated doing um, a week ago. So uh, I'm interested to see how it all unfolds, but I I think Debo stays put. And what about you? I think so too. I think so too. I I keep wavering back and forth, but then then you watch him play and you're like, damn. You're like, how do you get rid of this player? And if you're, you know, if you're in the, the front office and you think, okay, man, we can get pick 10, pick 35, pick 38, and we can turn those into like three starters at three different spots. And you're like, that's just not how it works in the draft, right? You just don't know what these prospects are going to are gonna be. And Debo Samuel is a top five, top 10 non-quarterback in, this, in the league already at 26 years old. You just... It's just it would just be one of those moves that you would you could end up regretting. Like similar to DeForest Buckner, right? The team has experience doing something similar and it hasn't panned out yet. And I don't know if they can stomach or swallow doing that a second time with arguably a better, more impactful player in Debo Samuel. So I don't foresee it happening either. And uh, which makes things way less dramatic for the draft come Thursday, but we'll see. We'll see. That'll do it for us. You know, if if a trade does happen, we'll be back here and we will be breaking down all of the details. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at KP underscore show. Uh, Subscribe to us on the Niners Nation podcast network. Go to NinersNation.com where you can catch up on all the latest 49ers news and rumors and everything NFL draft related. Akash, where can we find you? You can find me at A-K-A-S-H and A-V. We appreciate everyone listening. We appreciate Debo Samuel requesting a trade to keep the content going. Because the content has not stopped. Subscribe to Niner Station Podcast Network. Drop us a review. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We appreciate everyone for hanging. Appreciate a bunch of you for asking questions, dropping comments. And hopefully we'll see you guys again Thursday or Friday for round one and day two of the draft. Go Niners.